You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ Armstrong and Moments are here to chop up all things NBA. BJ, I gotta say, before we start this one, I was very apprehensive about doing this show today. Do you know why? Okay. Because yeah. every time we record a show, just for clarity with our listeners, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, UK time. Every time we record a show, as soon as we finish recording, something happens. And we wish we had included it in the show. And with the trade deadline less than 72 hours away, I'm willing to bet right now, as soon as we finish this yeah. recording, someone's getting traded. So what I want to ask you on today's show, BJ, is which teams are the most in need of a trade? Who are you looking at right now in the league and you're thinking they need to make a move before the deadline? Lots of teams need to make moves, but this season, with it being wide open in both conferences, which teams is it imperative for for them to make a move before the trade deadline to upgrade their roster? Well, I, I think the team right now, because I think they have a legit, and I mean a real legit chance to win it, more than just maybe, is the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. I think the Milwaukee Bucks right now, out of all the teams, your Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, Miami, you know, those, those, those teams all may feel they have a legit chance. You know, Memphis probably feels that they have a legit chance. Of course, the Warriors. You know, I, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks are the team that feel they are really a Jay Crowder away from saying we have a legit chance to win this thing. I think a lot of it for them depends on one thing, the health of Chris Middleton. Yes. If Chris Middleton can stay healthy for the remainder of the season, I think it increases their chances significantly. I mean, Giannis, I mean, Mo, he's taking his game up to another level now, right? He's, you didn't think it was possible. You didn't think that was possible. But I think out of all the teams, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, there are other few teams. I'm sure the LA Clippers are looking probably to do something. I think the Phoenix Suns, we're hearing rumblings with them trying to do something. Of course, our Dallas Mavericks. They offered, discussed. just on the Phoenix Suns, they offered Chris Paul and Jay Crowder in exchange for Kyrie Irving. And the Brooklyn Nets turned it down, according to Shams Trania. Yeah, inter interesting. I, I think they are looking to do something. So, but I I, I, I would, you know, I'm sure there are a number of teams. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet, Mo, there were probably, if I was a gambling man, I, I would say there are probably going to be some more moves here. And mm -hmm. there could be some significant moves. You know, the Kyrie thing kind of took everyone by, by storm. I don't think people had time to really understand what was going on. It was like, it just happened. You know, it happened so quickly. So I, I think this may trigger some other things. Let's see what the Golden State Warriors are going to do. And the reason I say the Golden State Warriors is because you can be, you're, you're beginning now to see injuries kind of creep in, right? You know, Steph, Steph. Curry now looks is 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 having these injuries and it, it happens to everyone it's it's nothing you could do you know you start playing these mini games but they also know that they are they could also get healthy at the right time and they have young players that are on a different timeline than those players in particular moody and wiseman and those guys so i wouldn't be surprised if there were talks about moving guys like that but you know i i think there's there are going to be a number of teams who are going to be looking to explore opportunities if they present themselves. Well, one player who's definitely on the trade block, the Nuggets have come out and said they want to move Bones Highland. 
who is the young guard yeah. that they have coming off the bench. He's looking for a bigger mm-hmm. role in a team. Obviously, they've got mm-hmm. Jamal Murray as their starting guard. They've got Bruce Brown, who's done a great job since they picked him up. One of the key role player signings in the last offseason. And of course, they've got a joker who basically is a point guard as well. So they're looking to move Bones Highland. And in the prime of Jokic's career, back-to-back MVP seasons, possibly a third coming up, you've really got to make a move to go all in. Who's a player that you think that they could look to add to their roster that would really help them make a run deep into the playoffs? Well, I I wish I knew this kid, Bones Highland, because, you know, you you look back on your career and everyone looks to play a a bigger role individually, which is fine. And, you know, I have no problems with that. However, when you have a chance to win and play with a back-to-back MVP, that gives you a legitimate chance, Mo, to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, 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 I hope for him and for all young players that come in the league. When you have an opportunity to win, you don't, you don't take that for granted, right? Getting your numbers and not winning, you know. I think it was Pat Riley who coined the phrase: "There's winning and then there's misery." If you're yep. not trying to compete for a championship, and you don't feel you have a legitimate chance, well, it makes for it's tough. This is a tough league. Winning is very hard. I think if I were the the Denver Nuggets, what I would do is I would try to shore up my, you know, backup point guard position. And, you know, there, there, you know, Tyus Jones to me is probably one of the most underrated players. I've really come to respect. Absolutely. I've really come to respect what he does as a, as a backup guard, because when, when John Morant misses a game or two here and there, they don't seem to lose anything, but, you know, and I'm not saying they're better with him. I'm just saying he fills in that void. I think with, with Jamal Murray, when you ask the question, Jamal Murray coming off an ACL injury and he yeah. looks to be playing back or at the same level he was. Prior He's getting to that. Injury. He's getting that. Yeah. I think he, I think having a backup point guard in case he needs to miss a game here and there, yeah. and could play and continue to play and win. I think would be a very attractive, you know, scenario for them to have a a backup point guard who could play at a high level. They've got uh, Bruce Brown, who I mentioned. They've also got Ish Smith. And Mm -hmm. I think the Nuggets, uh, according to uh, Chris Haynes and Mark Stein, the Nuggets want to have a bigger role for Christian Braun as well, who they've got a young player that they've drafted. So I don't know if the backup point guard uh, is something they're looking for. Could I interest the Denver Nuggets in one Mr. Jay Crowder, though? Do you think there's any sense in Phoenix getting younger at that guard position? And then with Michael Porter Jr. being their small forward in Denver, who's a great scorer, but a absolutely horrific, maybe one of the worst defenders in the NBA, adding someone of Jay Crowder's versatility on the defensive side, especially given that Jokic is a great defender and Jamal Murray's coming off an injury, having two wings in Gordon and Crowder that can defend at a high level, I think I would like that if I was Denver. What are your thoughts? I, I agree. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. However, when you make a, a financial commitment that you've made to Porter, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like if he's isn't if he isn't playing in prime or key situations. You know, I don't know how, how that looks. You know, I, I think you got to live with him. You made a commitment to him financially. Clearly, he is an, an I think he is possibly, you know, he hasn't been consistent yet. Sure, he's an elite offensive player. So I think you have to live with who he is. Now suddenly you get Jay Crowder there, and I think it would only be natural that you're going to want to play him, especially at the end of the game. And then what's that's going to look like 
with Michael Porter Jr. You're gonna you're gonna substitute them every position, every possession, yeah. <laughs> offense, okay, defense. Yeah, I. Well, I I think that was the problem in Phoenix for Jay Crowder. So, but I I like I like I like how you're thinking. I think that's a good thought. But if that is the case, I would be more inclined to probably try to move Michael Porter, uh, because I think Jay Crowder has to play. I I I, I value what he brings especially to a championship team. He brings toughness. He brings defense. Um, he is an elite, I I would say, shooter for the amount of shots that he shoots. I mean, he's, I think he efficient. shoots a high percentage. Efficient. Yeah, he's a very efficient shooter. So I, 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 would, I, I would be a little skeptical. However, if you can get a Jay Crowder, I definitely would entertain that idea. Well, another team that's in the trade market with their backup point guard is the LA Clippers. Unfortunately, as excited as we all were, the John Wall experiment at the Clippers has not worked out how they have envisioned. And they are seeking proactively a deal for the point guard ahead of the deadline. And there are even rumors that they may buy him out if they can't find a deal, which kind of is clear that they want a point guard on the Clippers. Which kind of point guard would you like to see on that roster? Well, when I watch them play, you know, it's clear to me what what they probably need. They, they probably need on that team, another ball handler, another player who can initiate the offense so that you can give Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and you can kind of relieve them of some of their ball handling duties. I think that would really probably put this team in the place they probably want to be in, where if you have those two guys, you know, just looking to attack and score and not worry about handling the ball and initiating the offense, it would probably they probably feel talking about the organization that that would make them a better team. So for whatever reason, it hasn't worked. I, I'm really surprised that that experiment with John Wall hasn't worked for whatever the reason is, because I thought John Wall was a nice pickup by them. You know, a guy, he, he still has burst of speed. He knows how to run a team, but for some reason it hasn't worked. And I'm not sure why, but I, if I were them, and that is the case. And if, you know, what's being reported is accurate, I would look to get another guard who can initiate the offense, you know, distribute the basketball and get the ball to their scores because they, they have elite scores. They have terrific wing players, but they just need another guy who can handle the ball and, and share some of the ball handling duties. Well, when we talk about teams that need a trade, the team at the top of the list that needs a trade, in everyone's opinion, is the Los Angeles Lakers. They missed out on Kyrie Irving. And they were rumors for about the past, what feels like an eternity about trying to get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. But Miles Turner's now signed an extension and he's looking like a mm-hmm. core piece of that Pacers team. One name that keeps appearing in rumors is Bojan Bogdanovic of your Detroit Pistons. Now, this one is interesting because Detroit are adamant that they want to keep Bojan. They like what he adds in the locker room as a veteran. And they like what he adds on the court as a three-point shooter who now this season has really stepped up in his handling of the ball and creating off the dribble compared to what he did in Utah previously. Do you see them moving him? Because the price seems to be a couple of first-round picks. Do you see Boyan being moved? And if not Boyan, who do you think the Lakers could go after to improve their roster? Well, what they're doing up there in Detroit, you know, you, when you look at their team, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing what they're doing. They've acquired some really young, nice players, right? And yes, we, we're talking about Boyan Bogdanovich. However, Boyan's ability to fit in what they're doing there has been like flawless almost. I mean, he's been a very steady pro there. 
he's been scoring at probably a career clip offensively, what he's doing. He's been a great example. He plays every night. And those young guys are developing right in front of us, you know, Jalen Dern and Jaden Ivey. Okay. We know that Caden Cunningham is coming back. Those, you know, they have two veterans in particular that have really done a nice job. And we're talking about Alex Burks as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Killian Hayes has improved. Definitely. They're young guys, you know, have really, they're really doing a nice job. So I see why everyone values, you know, this kid Bogdanovich. He really, he's had like a career year. I mean, it's really, it's kind of odd when you think about it, you're going, this this is probably the best we've ever seen. This version of him is probably the best we've seen since he's been in the NBA. Yep. He's putting up 21 points a game and he's putting it up on 48, 49% from the field and 42% from downtown. So, I mean, when you think about that, I mean, he's got to be what in his early thirties, right? And he's 32, somewhere around there. Yep. So you're saying this guy has really embraced this NBA He's come here and done this within a year. This is his first year in Detroit. So I see why teams like him. Do I think they would move him? I think, he, I think, you know, if he stays there, talking about Bodanovich, yep. with the development of this team, I think they got something going this year. I think they'll have another high pick. I think they have, you know, Bodanovich and those guys there, and that you kind of all know, and you got K coming back. I mean, I'm, I would be excited to have thinking of Cade and Bodanovich at the wings next year. Yeah, he's just a solid wing that plays the role that you need. You know, if you could create a player on 2K to be alongside bigs like Duran and guards like Ivy and Cunningham, he's an ideal player to be there. But let's take it back to the Lakers now. Who do you see them targeting? Because there are rumors that they're trying to do a deal with Charlotte for Terry Rozier uh, and send Russell Westbrook or a deal with Utah for Mike Conley and possibly Jordan Clarkson in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Do you see them move in Russell before the trade deadline? I think I think they will explore those opportunities. And the reason being is because Russell is going to be an unrestricted free agent, you know, this summer. Yeah. So I think they will try to move him. Why? It's because you would like to not lose him for anything. Now, on the other hand, you say those numbers are coming off the book. So I think either way, they will probably do what's best for them moving forward. Um, and both of those options are attractive, getting a player that they really like or saying he's going to walk and then now that puts them into the free agent market. So I think either way, they probably look at it financially on their books as a win-win. However, in L.A., as you know, just like in Boston, you know, the only thing that's acceptable is winning the championship. So I'm sure they're going to target who they're going to target, but those are good names. I think, so, you know, those would be good names that could play with him. If you were the Lakers and you had to pick, between trading for another point guard, the Conleys or the Rosiers of the world, or trading for a 3 and D wing, the Bogdanoviches of the world, which one would you prioritize if you could only make one deal? Which one do you think that this roster is in I, more need of? I I think, you know, when I think of Bogdanovich, okay, I'm thinking of a, I, I would think, but again, you know, I'm not in the room. I would look for a player who could defend more so than score. Bogdanovich you know, I think he is, I think he's an adequate defensive player. However, I don't think his strong suit is saying he's going to be a defensive player first, then an offensive player. Okay. He needs touches. He needs to be involved. He can shoot lights out. He does really some great things on the floor. 
However, playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, now that's going to limit his touches as far as his offensive production. And that's going to require him to do something that's really not his game. I think he is a great name. I understand why he would be in their discussion. However, if I'm saying I'm going to put Bogdanovich on Kawhi Leonard in the first Mm -hmm. round of the playoffs, I think Bogdanovich competes. I think he plays hard. However, I don't like the matchup. I don't think the matchup of saying I want Bogdanovich to guard Luka Doncic in the second round or Luka Doncic versus Jason Tatum if they were to meet in the finals. So I, I, I as I like, I like what he brings to the court. I think he is a very, very, very capable player. I, I, I actually I really love his game. However, I think what the Lakers are looking for is more of a defensive oriented player. Okay. Like a Herb Jones or something that would compliment. Uh, they'd be dreaming if they could get Herb Jones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, a player like that who would compliment what they have. Because what you don't want is to ask LeBron James at this age to have to guard those other guys, those other wing players, and score how he's scoring. So I think a defense like Jay Crowder would probably be a better fit for them mm-hmm. than let's say a Bogdanovich. Okay. And it's all about fit with the team. And so that's what I would think, but who knows? I mean, Bodanovich is a, I mean, that's a great name. I would, I would get him and figure it out. However, I think that's probably what they would be looking. They would be leaning towards a more defensive oriented player first to complement what they already have. Is there a name? Because these are the rumors, you know, the bonus Highlands and the Bogdanovich and the Crowder. These are the names that are out there in the media in all the rumors. Are there any names in your opinion with all the intel you have around the league a name that's not being discussed by the media that you might think could be moved and might be a surprise to fans being moved before the deadline. You know, a name keeps popping up, Chris Paul, that I really like, I just didn't anticipate that Phoenix would actually entertain that idea. Now, again, you don't know if that's true or not. However, well, Sham said they uh, offered him for, for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that was a that one kind of surprised me, especially, you know, Chris Paul has really, I think he's been a huge plus since his arrival there in Phoenix. I mean, he, you know, he's really, you know, kind of given them, you know, uh, hope or he, since his addition, those guys have really played the game at a high level since his arrival there in Phoenix. I didn't expect that name to pop up um, right there. I do think another name, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved, would be Jimmy Butler. Wow. I would, and the reason being is because Bam looks like he's ready now to carry a franchise. Bam, you know, as I'm watching Bam, I'm saying to myself, I think Bam now is ready, right, with the right pieces I- around him. Offensively, his, his lack of aggressive offensively is what concerns me about Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I you, we should have those concerns. However, I keep looking at him and I'm going, he's doing this as a five. He's playing literally out of position. If you could put him at his, to me, his natural position at the four, at the four, you put another shot blocker or big beside him so that he can guard his position. Could play obviously. We know he's an all-star at playing as an undersized five. If he could play the four, and then you 
add some pieces around him, right? Some guys around him and build around him, not build around Jimmy Butler. Cause I think this team is built around Jimmy Butler. Now, yes. As he's yes, currently constructed. I, I, I think because I, right now, as I'm looking at them, I'm going to myself, can this team really win? And the only way I think they can really win it right now is if you you have to commit to building around Bam now. Yeah, like and, it's and Bam's team at the moment. So, the the rumors around the Miami Heat are Kelly Olynyk, who could play the five and offer some shooting and and allow Bam to slide to the four. They're strongly interested, apparently, in Grant Williams of the Boston Celtics. I don't know how that fits because he kind of plays the four as well. Um, so they're going to make Bam a full time five. But I agree with what you're saying. And it's also interesting that Bam's only 25 years old. Jimmy Butler is obviously 33. So if they're looking to the future, Jimmy Butler playing at this level, how many more years does he have playing at this level with the contract that he has, which is going to prove tricky mm -hmm. to move? I agree with what you're saying. However, given that Jimmy Butler is making $38 million this year, that's mm -hmm. going to be pretty tricky to trade, you know, because the salaries have got to match up. Yeah, I I listen. Jimmy Butler is a you know he when you get Jimmy in the playoffs, Jimmy shows up. There's nothing not to love about Jimmy Butler. However, I like I said, I think the team was built around Jimmy Butler. You know, Kyle Lowry compliments Jimmy Butler when they got PJ Tucker. It complimented what Jimmy Butler did, right? So he didn't have to worry about guarding. He could pick and choose who he could guard the matchups he wanted. Now I think there's a shift that has occurred. I think the team has to be built around Bam now. You have a two guard or a point guard, depending on how you look at him in, in Tyler Hero. And I think you have to begin to look to say, okay, we, we got to explore this one if we're going to make a push with Bam and see what we could do with him. He's an all-star now. He's an elite player on both ends of the court. And I, I, I think you give it a shot. So I would not be surprised if – Pat Riley and company decided to make a move. Now, what that move will be, I think they will be eventually begin to try to move Kyle Lowry and these guys or if they don't feel that they can win a championship. Off the top of my head, you know, we talked about Bam Adebayo being at the four position. So if they could acquire a, an elite level five, that would be ideal. And a point guard that could really help that four and that five. If the Suns were to send Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton to the Heat in exchange for Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson... You managed to get off the next four years of Duncan Robinson's contract. Jimmy Butler has four years left on his deal, meaning he's going to be earning 40, 50 million at the age of 37. Uh, you do take on three more years of Chris Paul, but you get DeAndre Ayton, who was a former number one pick and a front court. You know, we're talking about bigs now, at what mm -hmm. Cleveland are doing with Mobley and Allen and Milwaukee with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. A front court of DeAndre Ayton and Bam Adebayo. What do you think I, about I, that? I, I think you have to you have to take a look at that. That 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 is that's the just off the top of my I head. Think, yeah, I mean that that would be something you would have to entertain. Why you going? Okay, the best defensive team in the league right now. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers, with those two bigs. Suddenly now you put Bam and DeAndre Ayton, and you're going. Okay, now we're big. Now we can play against Grant Williams and Al Horford. Now we can play against. Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Now we can play against bigs. Now we have enough bodies to throw at Embiid and Jokic and all those guys. I like that. 
And then you can recover and saying we got to find guards and wings and all those things. So something like that to me would be exploring because now you're complimenting who I think now has evolved to the best player on the team, which is Bam Adebayo. So I would explore something like that. Uh, I would be shocked if something like that did happen. You know, DeAndre Ayton for Jimmy Butler. But stranger things have happened. But I like that. And then on the other hand, you go, hmm. Now that I think about it, you go, Jimmy Butler and Devin Booker. That's not mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> I mean, pretty, in the playoffs, that's pretty damn good. That's, that's pretty good. So something like that, to me, I, you know, you, you got to look at it. Because I don't know where Phoenix is going as is. And I don't know where Miami is going at is. However, both of those moves, Mo, if something like that, you it's at least worth a discussion like we're having here right now. Mm. Mm. Maybe someone from the Heat or the Suns is listening and, and they want to get involved because I think... I think the the Miami Heat will they win a championship with Jimmy Butler and their current roster of Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson and all this money they're paying him. I don't think that they're making a contending team. So with that move, they get younger. Um, they also get Chris Paul, who if he can regain some level of form and stay healthy, will be a very good guard to throw lobs up to Bam Adebayo and make his life a little bit easier as well. So it's interesting. We talked about OG Ananobi on a previous episode. We went quite in depth into that. It's going to be interesting apparently the rumors are saying that the pelicans don't want the grizzlies to get him and the grizzlies don't want the pelicans to get him but one thing understandable me well one thing that intrigues me about the grizzlies though is as great as it would be for them to get og Ananobi. the part that concerns me about memphis is that they really struggle in the half court to create offense as great as jamaran is as great as jam jackson jr is and all of these guys they really flourish in transition and we know in the playoffs there is not as much transition as there is in a regular season do you think that Memphis Grizzlies should go out and go after someone like maybe a Jordan Clarkson, someone who can come in off the bench and create their own offense when the offense starts to go stale? You know, I was talking to Coach Sir the other night about this exactly. We got to get topic. him back on. We got to get yeah, him. We got to get on. him. I was yeah. talking to Coach Sir, and he was talking about OG. And he was talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, and we, I was asking, I was like, "What do you think? What do you, you know?" We were just talking basketball as we as we do for hours, seem like every day. And he said, you know who that, you know who Memphis reminds me of? The early Detroit Pistons. And I <laughs> and I, I was shocked he said that. <laughs> he was like, if you put OG with Dylan Brooks, Java Rat, aka Isaiah Thomas, you know, and, and all these guys, you know, what's the kid that shoots it? Uh what's the Desmond kid? Bain. Uh, Desmond Bain, you know, little, you know, little Joe Dumars. And I was thinking. Okay, I see where you're going with this. He was like, OG could really make this team defensively really, really, really good. And he was like, think about it, BJ. They could be really good on the defensive side of the basketball where people don't really play defense because they have a big body in Steven Adams. Yep. And Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson. Jackson, yes. So he was like, defensively, BJ, I think if they get OG – that really gives them an excellent chance because everyone's going to be looking at them on the offensive end. But he was like, think about it. They got like seven guys who could independently all defend their position every single night. And they wouldn't have to double team at any position. Anyone. Well, except maybe point guard because John Moran defensively (laughs) is a big, big red flag for me. But but what we know is if he really wanted to, he could be an excellent defensive player. He he has the speed and he has the wingspan. And and block shots and all those things. So, so if they get OG, because he really opened my eyes, I wasn't thinking that way. 
I agree with you offensively that they probably are looking at someone to score. They struggle there. But, Mo, if you can't score against them because they have all of these bodies, OG, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and Jared Jackson on the floor, Mo, I'm pretty excited just saying that, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, and they don't have to worry about offense in the half court because they'll be stopping and getting out in transition all the time. So I think OG, from a coach's perspective, is a real win-win for that group. It'll be one Mm -hmm. of those moves that, you know, they'll just say, oh, geez, going to the Memphis. But internally, they'll be like, now we can win this thing. Yeah. I think they could win the West if they got OG. If they got the if they got OG and Coach Sir said, so I got to give Coach Sir credit for that. Memphis has been on a slide as well recently. They've not been in good form. They've been horrendous against Western Conference opponents. So I mean they gotta do something. I mean, just think about this. You you would have Steven Adams, you would have Jaron Jackson, OG, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain. And 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 John Moran and That's Brandon Clark as well and, and Xavier Clark. Tillman Mo, Mo, as well. Mo, 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 I think it's very underrated. Yeah. So I I, I would got an eight Coach man Jenkins. roster. Like because this is yeah. the thing that Zach Lowe was saying the other day is he thinks that they're good in terms of their depth. It's good for the regular season, but are you really going to be having Santiago Dama getting minutes in the playoffs? You really want to have a seven eight man yeah, rotation yeah, to go deep in the playoffs, and you have to be able to yeah. trust those guys, all seven eight of them, making that playoff run. And now with Steph Curry's OG. That West is yeah. wide open. Give me OG yeah, on my team. I don't care what team you are in the NBA. Every team in the NBA would love to have OG on Moby. Give me OG yeah. any day of the week. But let us know on social media. What do you guys think? Which trades are you looking for? Who do you want to see on your favorite teams? Join the Discord. The Discord is linked in the description of this podcast. We have some great discussions in there. So get in there and join the conversation. Because, man, I'm excited to see what happens at this trade deadline. I cannot wait. I hope there's some big moves. Right. And we're going to be with you every step of the way. BJ, thanks once again, as always, for joining us. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more. But in the meantime, you guys know the vibes. Get buckets.